Tuesday morning to you, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon Podcast. Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. Anyone who's done much driving around Oregon, especially the more scenic parts, knows the state's bridges have a particular and distinctive style especially the older ones. Oh, not every bridge you see in our fair state fits that style, of course. It is a big state, and there are a lot of bridges in it. But chances are pretty good that if you stumbled across a photograph of, say, the Yaquina Bay Bridge or the bridge over the Rogue River at Gold Hill, you'd instantly recognize it and notice that it looks like an Oregon bridge. And there's a reason for that. Dozens of bridges, large and small, around the state, including the spectacular chain of bridges built on Oregon Highway 101 during the Depression years, are from the pen of one man, Condi McCullough. Now, if you happen to be a structural engineer, you can probably stop reading right now, because you surely know all about McCullough, and probably I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know. But for the rest of us, here's the story. Condi McCullough grew up in the state of Iowa. After graduating from college there, he quickly became one of the state highway department's rising stars. During those early years, McCullough got busy making a name for himself as the worst nightmare of fly-by-night bridge company salesmen. See, in those years before World War I, Americans were clamoring for better roads to drive around on, you know, with their new cars. And a cadre of slick characters was diligently trying to turn that desire into money by barnstorming the country, pitching patented bridge projects, patented is in scare quotes there, to county commissioners and city councilors. Frequently, they would sell a design that they had a dubious patent on to politicians with no clue about engineering and then install it whether it worked on the site or not. Some of these bridges failed in a matter of months as floodwaters washed out their footings. For others, the adaptations necessary to make them work cost more than the bridge itself. One Iowa bridge that crossed a county line turned out to have been fully paid for twice. Each county had gotten and paid the full bill. Well, as part of the Iowa Highway Department, McCullough helped county governments stop these practices. And in 1914, he essentially put one of the hucksters out of business after the poor sap sued one of Iowa's state contractors for patent infringement, claiming ownership of some design concepts that went back to the 1800s. When the case reached the court, the judge read McCullough's 600-page report and invalidated nearly all the plaintiff's patents, including a giant parcel of them that weren't even related to the case. Well, Condi McCullough moved to Oregon from Iowa in 1916. You know, his career was really starting to take off in Iowa at the time, so it's not clear exactly why he decided to leave his job there and move to Oregon. But it can't be an idle coincidence that the historic Columbia River Highway, peppered with bridges following the style he favored and created with an eye toward enhancing rather than suppressing the scenery that it traversed, had just been built. Maybe McCullough saw this project and thought, you know, here's a state that thinks about highway engineering the way I do. In any case, he and his family settled in Oregon, and following three years teaching as a professor in civil engineering at Oregon Agricultural College, which is now, of course, OSU, McCullough started working for the state's fledgling highway department. 
McCullough brought a very distinctive philosophy to his new job as Oregon's top bridge man. First off, he felt that in most cases, cheap bridges were strictly for suckers. A bridge made of lumber might be slapped across a river for a quarter of the cost of one of his reinforced concrete designs, but it would last just a few years and look awful in the process. By the time that bridge had been replaced a couple times, the government agency responsible for it would have paid in maintenance and replacement costs far more money than it would have taken to do the job right in the first place. McCullough had a deep appreciation for scenic beauty and felt that a good bridge ought to harmonize with its surroundings. Aesthetics were important to him, but McCullough also felt that economy was one of the most important factors, possibly the most important factor, in bridge design. And it was an aspect that was, then as now, left out of many civil engineering textbooks. What McCullough realized was that if a bridge doesn't make sense financially, it's not going to be built. If a beautiful bridge cost more than an ugly one, the caretakers of the public treasury would be unlikely to pay the premium for it. Luckily, though, the most elegant design is often also the least expensive in the long term. And that was McCullough's particular genius, figuring out how to make the most gorgeous, soaring arches and architectural lines cost less rather than more to build and maintain. At this, he was unequaled. There is no truly typical Condi McCullough Bridge. McCullough knew that picking just the right design and material for each project could save huge amounts of money, so each bridge he built was different, sometimes radically different, from the next. But in general, he preferred to build bridges in reinforced concrete, using clean and elegant arches, sparely decorated with a nod to Gothic cathedral architecture or possibly Art Deco skyscraper design. McCullough's first major bridge for the state was the Rock Point Bridge over the Rogue River in Jackson County in 1920. Two years later, he designed five more bridges, including his first multi-arch bridge in Myrtle Creek and the remarkable soaring concrete-covered steel arch bridge that links Oregon City with West Lynn. Other major bridges he was responsible for include the Caveman Bridge over the Rogue at Grants Pass, the Santiam River Bridge just outside of Jefferson, and the McLaughlin Bridge over the Clackamas River just north of Oregon City. Once you've seen and associated his name with several of his bridges, you'll likely find you can pick them out of a lineup pretty easily. He's most famous for the bridges he designed for the Roosevelt Military Highway, now known as Highway 101. These include the bridges at Gold Beach, Reedsport, Florence, Newport, Depot Bay, and the mile-long pièce de résistance that bears McCullough's name today, Coos Bay. These classic Art Deco-influenced bridges are today almost as much a part of the Oregon coast's attractiveness to tourists and visitors as are its beaches. McCullough died abruptly of a brain hemorrhage while gardening in 1946. He was just a few days shy of his 59th birthday. And while it was perfectly clear to everyone that the state had lost a true treasure, McCullough set the tone for bridge design in Oregon in ways that go far beyond the relatively few bridges he designed personally. Even the most plebeian culvert today is designed with his concepts and philosophy in mind. And when one of his most loved bridges had to be replaced, the one at Waldport, which had been built with salty sand from the bay, was replaced with a clean, elegant arch structure that clearly shows McCullough's design influence. That's the end of the story, but I've got a personal note I want to add to this. That new bridge at Waldport, I actually had a hand in helping build that, a very small hand. I had a summer job at Western Coatings in Eugene while I was going to college as an undergraduate. 
my job was to feed the rebar into the powder coating machine, the rebar that was to be taken out there and used in the construction of that bridge. It was a really rough job. I sure hated it. I was, couldn't wait to get back to school when that summer was over. But today, I'm actually kind of proud of it. Every time I drive across that bridge, I think, you know, I, I helped build that. This story was first published on November 13th of 2011. Under the headline, Oregon's Distinctive Bridge Style is Condi McCullough's Legacy. Key sources included works by Robert W. Hadlow, Dwight Smith, and Dale Greenlee. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are Offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.